Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy a podcast about boundaries. Okay, James B., tell me about it. Each week, join young Max as he controls his own timeline of how to meet Beatrice, the girl on the other side of the wall. Listen to Another Brick in the Wall, Tuesdays at 2 a.m. on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. You're make, this is making a stab at Max's relationship with his neighbor, Beatrice. Did you actually read that book? Did you understand that she lives on the other side of a brick wall? And She, was, she does. It's true. <laughs> she like removes one brick. Yeah, in she, the hopes of them holding hands. And he's like, put that back in there. Yeah, I think that's probably what this podcast is about. It seems like a... Seems like quite a stretch for a whole podcast to be about <laughs> this, but you know what? It's the holiday season. Hey, oh. And uh, my gift to you is uh, we're going to do three Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider Mans. And uh, let's tell the listeners a little bit about some of the characters we're going to talk about today before we get into it, because there's some background knowledge. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider Man, is a very arkish uh, story right now. It is. The foreigners in these books, again, he's part of a criminal organization that uh, does assassinations for various people. Uh, He himself, we have learned, is a very good fighter, and he's got quite an outfit on in this book and plays a prominent role. The black cat recently lost her powers and she was just getting beaten up by one of the foreigners goons. But we're going to cross another character pretty soon. That's going to be Sabretooth, the uh, X-Man character, the villain. He's got the fangs and the claws. And I don't think Spider-Man has faced him before, but he's going to be making an appearance in these books as well. No. And we also have Alexander, who is the boy who has been being abused by his father. Uh, Alexander's teacher at school has tried to get the police to intervene and eventually ends up going to the bugle. And Alexander gets these powers from one of his dad's experiments. It doesn't end up very well for him, but we'll find out about that. Alexander's father is not a very uh, sympathetic figure. We, they're setting it up for something bad to happen, and we're not supposed to care about this dad at all. Right. So there's that. So, all right. What a great time for a Christmas podcast. <laughs> However, it's not Christmas at the time of these books. It's actually from July of 1986. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 116, 102 Uses for a Dead Cat, by Peter David, Rich Buckler, and Bob McLeod. I think they celebrate Christmas in Australia in July, so for all our Aussie listeners out here, this, this would be a good one. Anyways, we begin with the black cat in the hands of the foreigner's menacing goons. But even without her bad luck aura, she's a formidable adversary. With a few kicks to the face, she dispatches all the goons and makes off with the golden notebook. One of the goons comments that the black cat has a bad luck power. Also, uh, Peter David has decided to name these goons uh, Spencer, Todd, and Chucky. I appreciate that. The foreigner isn't present because he's shooting arrows with Sabretooth. When the two of them discover Felicia has made off with the golden notebook, restless Sabretooth sniffs her scent and goes after her. 
Sabretooth tells the foreigner that he killed a half dozen men, killed them, tracking oh. down the foreigner because he really wants to be part of that assassination organization the foreigner's in charge of. Wow. Spidey worried about Felicia because he knows she recently lost her bad luck power. Reluctantly decides to go visit her. She is furious with Spider-Man for wrecking her powers. As they quarrel, Sabretooth bursts through the window. Although he slashes Spidey, ruining his only black suit, Sabretooth is defeated when he rips his mane out trying to remove some webbing. We end with poor Alexander once again being abused by his dad, but as his father raises his hand to strike, Alex incinerates him to ash. Eddie, you said that Sabretooth is defeated when he rips his mane out trying to remove some webbing. I think he actually like rips part of Rips his face, like skin off his face and stuff, too. That's how I enjoy it. He's so hairy. It hurts him, I guess, a whole bunch. Although I mention it because it seems like a very low-level way to stop Sabretooth. A rather strong and very fierce adversary. But but... Spider-Man's like, it's the pain is so great. And he's like, uh, Spider-Man's like, I need to rush this guy to the hospital. It's like, that's how concerned he is about the damage Sabretooth did to himself, ripping this webbing off his face. Uh, you did right. a good job on the summary, though. I don't that oh, take away you. from that. Uh, I think listeners who enjoy the relationship of Peter and Felicia would have this book as a must-read. There's a full page of panels of Peter deciding if he should visit her, and there's some other lines too. And Eddie, I'd like to uh, to have us read a couple of these things in a segment that we've been playing without a title. It definitely needs a title, so I'm going to call it. It's not Huckleberry Finn. It's Spider-Man. Eddie, can you read the fourth panel for me? Sure. But what if I'm wrong? What if she didn't know about it? I should go to her. Ask her. Give her a chance. Don't I owe it to her after what we were together? But I really don't want to see her again. Uh, And then later, Eddie, we're going to read this page uh, here as well, okay? Uh, This is Felicia talking. She says... You could have come to me first. You could have asked. But no, no. Mr. Peter Parker has to choose his own way, no matter who he hurts. Even when you left me, even though we couldn't be lovers, I thought at least we were still friends. But friends help each other. They don't sneak around and do what they want, not caring what happens to the other. Blast it. I loved you. And now look at me. Look at me. Just get out. Out. Oh, I'm going, Felicia, but not because you say so. It's because this whole thing is just another case of you covering up, withholding the truth because you felt it was best. Our whole relationship was dead going in because there was never any way I could trust you. Oh, don't lecture me, you self-righteous creep. Just go. Lady, I'm gone. But is it because I'm sure I'm right or because I'm worried she may be right? What did I do to deserve this? No matter whether I act from greed or love or nobility, I always get dumped on. What else could happen to me? Thanks for listening to It's Not Huckleberry Finn, It's Spider-Man.
Eddie, anything else before we move on from Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 116? The last sentence of this book, Alex, says, Oh, geez, mom's going to kill me. Right after he incinerates his dad? Is, is this dark humor? I think it, I think it is. They really want to set the kid up to be a little bit of a, I'm going to flee because I'm going to get in trouble. That's ah, going to yes. be the theme. So they want to reinforce like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble with my mom. Not I'm scared or I'm evil. <laughs> They're just going to have him fleeing because he Shoot. thinks he's in trouble for what he just did. Okay. All right. That, I that's, see. I think that's it. Well, we'll find out from sure. Yeah. Um, and our next book, which is also not a Christmas book. It's from August of 1986. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 117 Dinner Hour. Script by Peter David. Storytelling by Rich Buckler. Pencils by Dwayne Turner. Inked by Bob McGloy, Del Barris, Keith Williams, and Joseph Rubenstein. Why are there so many inkers? I think it's because there's no Spider-Man in this book again. Jim Shooter. More oversight. Uh, I don't check out covers like you do, but the corner of these books all say missing in action and the logo has a question mark now on his face and somewhere in the book on the title of every one of these books does this. It says, where is Spider-Man? This is the theme we saw in Amazing. It's going to continue uh, here in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. It really it kind of is in web, but it's a little different because that's the book he's sort of missing in, you know, so it's a little different that one, but it's it's there too. She's got a new costume on. Felicia talks about this as she tries to break into Doctor Strange's brownstone. The house ejects her, and Strange comes to Felicia in his astral form. He informs her that her powers have been modified rather than completely taken away. Just like James B. and I, Felicia doesn't need any more Doctor Strange in her life and departs saying she'll call Ghostbusters if he bugs her again. Yeah, he says her powers have mutated, but doesn't say in what way. And she just like takes off immediately after he says that. So even if they reveal a power, that uncertainty leaves it open for future writers to you know add more powers or whatever they want to do. It's a it's just being a smart storyteller, Rich Buckler. Good job. Across town, we see Alexander Wolcott running away from home. A mustached man attempts to kidnap him, and he blasts his car using the energy power from his hands. The resulting blast knocks out a power station and New York City goes dark. At the Robertson residence, Joe and his wife are eating an awkward dinner with their son and his new wife, Amanda. Uh, Joe's son just got married without his parents knowing and to a white woman. The blackout startles Joe, causing him to choke, but Amanda gives him the Heimlich maneuver to save him. Yeah, Joe Robertson claims he's mad because Randy got married without telling him. And the wife's like, eh, you, you know, Randy doesn't want to hear you tell your son that mixed marriages are a bad idea. Apparently, Eddie, for some reason, this choking incident completely changes things. Come on. I expect more substance from my great storyteller, Rich Buckler. You can do better <laughs> next time. Well, as Black Cat arrives home, she finds the foreigner having a sip of her brandy. Black Cat attacks, but is rapidly bested by the foreigner. Notably during this fight, the blackout occurs, and Black Cat realizes she can see in the dark. Instead of hurting her, the foreigner convinces her to team up with him and destroy Spider-Man's life. Yeah, so this is another book without Spider-Man, but full of, you know, his secondary characters. Mm -hmm. 
Although I enjoy the perspective of the other characters, it has to be interesting enough to carry the whole book. With Spider-Man and his one-liners, I admit the rest of the writing and dialogue can be lacking, and this book gives us a chance to develop all those secondary characters and the villains quite a lot. Still, I think you should never have a Spider-Man book without him in it. It feels cheap. I say you got to go like three pages minimum every time. What do you think? I'm okay with a Spider-Man-less Spider-Man book. If we look at the books that we're covering today, 116, 117, and 118, I could argue that this is the most interesting and best book because it allows us to look at these side characters. Obviously, the foreigners become very important and return to one of our favorite characters, the Black Cat, which is the premise of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. It also sends us into this land of where is Spider-Man? We talked about this uh, last podcast, right? Uh, he's he's on the road, right, James B? He stole the pie. He's in jail. <laughs> uh, I also, when, when I think about this, books that don't have Peter Parker or Spider-Man allow the book to not kind of harp on the same tropes and themes that we've seen over and over again in Spider-Man. You know, like, we don't have to worry about him being broke and having dilemmas about, uh, I'm worried about Mary Jane. Mary Jane is worried about him. It's it's not so bad. By the way, I'm not saying this is not the best book of the day either. It, it still might be, but that doesn't mean you still should do it this way. But let's see if I'm wrong. Maybe the last book is better than I think. That last book's from September of 1986. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 118. Ashes to Ashes by Peter David and Mike Zeck. We open with some hijinks from the foreigner as he goes to see his buddy, the Kingpin. Uh, The hijinks here is, first of all, the foreigner shows up as like a vagrant. (laughs) And they're like, the Kingpin won't see you. But then he, obviously the Kingpin knows this is one of the jokes the foreigner plays. And uh, the foreigner gets into the Kingsman's office and the Kingpin has presented him with a wide variety of food because he knew he was coming. And he says, you old darling, you were expecting me. Thank you, Willie. You don't mind if I call you Willie instead of Kingpin, do you? Kingpin says, I tolerate it, foreigner. Tolerate it because... Your World Assassination Bureau has been useful in the past. <laughs> Can you imagine talking to the Kingpin like that? Very interesting. Uh, the rather uh, informal meeting ends with the foreigner claiming Spidey will work with him after he's through with him. Yeah, it feels like this whole conversation with two characters doing this big, long, very long conversation should have been the last book since we didn't need Spider-Man for any of this either. True. The book continues with Spider-Man finding and going after young Alex, only to find some overzealous S.H.I.E.L.D. agents sending mandroids after Alex in the middle of Manhattan. Alex cooks one of the mandroids, while Spidey knocks the other two unconscious. As Spider-Man returns to Alex and attempts to convince him to turn himself in, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents arrive and... Shoot him. The book ends with Spider-Man cradling the dead child. Ugh. It's really not fun to see a child shot at the end, but I'm really sad Alex is gone. I thought he was going to become a major character. I was ready. 
yeah, that ending surprised me. There was a part where Alex blasted a mandroid, and then he found there was a person inside the robot, and he felt bad about it, but I didn't think it was bad enough. This is where we were going, so. Jeez. Too bad. What a downer. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, we could could give everyone the Christmas present of a downer. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to add to these books? Uh, uh, No, absolutely not. Sorry, I can't. (laughs) Well, now it's time for the close. I'm James B, joined by Eddie. And remember that Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the Facebook Patreon Podcast Network. The Facebook Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts. One that might interest you is a podcast where people learn teamwork. Join Goon Spencer, Todd and Chucky, as they talk about teamwork they use to assassinate people for the foreigner, fight the black cat, and solve Sudoku puzzles together. Listen to Goons Just Want to Have Fun, Tuesdays at 2 a.m. on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, I guess we could listen to Chucky. Maybe? I, I don't know. Goodbye! Goodbye. Did you think Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 117 was a Mark Beecham book? (laughs) Because the opening splash page sure made me think so. I was certain it was. I was certain. (laughs) Like, this is a Mark Beecham book. But, and if you've been listening to the recent podcast, you know why. But it it was not him. (laughs) Speaking of the black cat, I didn't mention it in 116. But she had her nose broken and she fought when she was fighting the foreigner's guards. And I thought it was just one more reason for her to be angry at Peter in issue 117. But she totally redesigned her mask to accommodate her broken nose. Oh, you also did mention that she melted down the notebook and used the gold as trim for her new costume. Scientist Peter is unable to melt down the notebook himself. But the black cat, Felicia Hardy, has the skills to not only melt it down, she's... And but she reforms it. It, it embroiders with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, I I find it's crazy that I'm vindicated. That I said, why can't we just melt the notebook down? Then <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Right? I brought this up. Do you know what Peter should have created with it? What he, he should have created five golden rings. Yeah. <laughs> Are stretching to make this a Christmas podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, ha- ha- happy holidays, everyone.